the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. We're running a few reruns. I'm taking a few days off. I'll be back live on January 3rd. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, December the 5th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On December 5th, 2013, Nelson Mandela, South Africa's first black president, died in at the age of 95. Today in 1791, composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, he died in Vienna, Austria. He was 35 years old. Today in 1792, George Washington was re-elected president. John Adams was re-elected vice president. Today in 1848, President James Polk, he, he triggered the gold rush of 49, 1849 by confirming that gold had been discovered in California. Well, it had been. But the president was out there encouraging people to, to rush to California, and they did. Today, in 1932, German physicist Albert Einstein, he was granted a visa, making it possible for him to come to the United States. Today, in 1933, national prohibition came to an end. Utah became the 36th state to ratify the 21st Amendment to the Constitution, repealing the 18th Amendment. And today in 1952, the Great Smog of London descended on the British capital, the usually unusually thick fog, which contained toxic pollutants, lasted five days, and they said that it was the cause of thousands of deaths. Today in 1994, Republicans chose Newt Gingrich to be the first Republican Speaker of the House in 40 years. Today in 2019, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, remember her? Yeah, she's soon forgotten among some. Anyway, Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced that she had asked the relevant House committee chairs to to begin drawing up articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump. She said his actions has left us no choice but to act swiftly in response. That's pretty much the story of the Democrats over the last six years. None the least of which is Liz Cheney, except she's not supposed to be a Democrat. She says she's a Republican. Liz Cheney, she was once kind of a rising leader, at least with some in the Republican Party, particularly those who joined Nancy Pelosi in hating Donald Trump. She became kind of a crusader against Trump. That became her life's mission, in fact, as you'll recall. She says this morning, she's telling the press, she may soon be ready to forge a new third party or even run for president with one of the existing parties in 2024. She said, I certainly hope to play a role in helping to ensure that the country has a new fully conservative party. She was talking to USA Today in an interview. She said, and so whether that means restoring the current Republican Party, which 
looks like a very difficult, if not impossible, task. I'm quoting Liz Cheney. Seems like it's impossible, a very impossible, very difficult task, uh, she said. Or she said, uh, it looks like a very difficult, impossible task to to achieve as setting up a, or she said, or setting up a new party. But she said, I do hope to be involved and engaged in that. It seems to me that maybe Liz has herself just a tad bit overrated. Her self-importance indicator may be a little high on some of those statements. I don't think maybe they are, but I don't think the nation is holding their breath to see what Liz Cheney's going to do next. And oh, by the way, she has a new book out that's out today, as a matter of fact. It's titled Oath and Honor, A Memoir and a Warning. She's going to set America straight. Well, God bless America. We get to sort of go out and say what we want to say and do what we want to do. That's being challenged, of course, but we still have those freedoms. FBI Director Christopher Wray testified this morning that the terror threat facing the United States has reached unprecedented levels since the October 7 attack on Israel. Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, most of you probably know who he is, he asked Ray to describe the current threat matrix facing the United States at a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing just hours ago. He said, what I would say that is unique about the environment that we're in right now in my career is that while there have been many times over the years where individual threats could have been higher here and there than they may be right now, he said, I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated at exactly the same time. The FBI, director of the FBI, Christopher Wray. So, so blinking red lights analogy about 9-11, all the lights were blinking red before 9-11 apparently. Senator Graham said, obviously all of us missed it. Would you say there's multiple blinking red lights out there? Graham asked. Ray responded. He said, I see blinking red lights everywhere. This is what the press is calling a developing story. There will be more on that if the director of the FBI is saying that it should be taken seriously. I'll tell you, the world is a mess right now in America. We are such in such a conundrum that we, we, we are not leading the world. And the world needs leadership right now or it's going to go in a direction that's not going to be good for any of us. Jesus said, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I would underscore that a thousand times in, with red ink. Don't, don't let the conditions of our world overwhelm you and become troubled. There's more people on pills today than ever before in history because they can't cope with what's going on in their lives and they can't cope with what's going on in our world and our, particularly in our blessed United States of America. Accept 
God's peace through Jesus Christ. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of God is not like the peace these politicians talk about all the time. And they should be working for peace. I mean, that's better than trying to figure out how to go to war. But that peace doesn't satisfy. It doesn't fill the the fear that all of us experience in our hearts and minds from time to time. It's only the peace of God that can turn a life around. It's the peace of God that can allow you to put your head on your pillow and go to sleep. It's the peace of God. God is in control of all things. The world rejects that. Too many people in our own country reject that in today's environment. But it's still true. God's word is not true because a majority of people believe it to be so. God's word is true. If nobody believes it, God's word is true. I believe it. And I know many of you do as well. And I would just say, lean on Jesus. Trust him. Just let the peace of God fill your heart and your mind and your soul. And at the same time, be informed as to what's going on in our world, because we can't we can't be salt and light. And Jesus wants us to be. He said, you are salt and light. And we can't be that salt and light unless we know what's going on. We can't walk in darkness and ignorance and expect to impact our world. We can do both. We're very capable as Christians, of knowing what's going on, being informed, and yet not being overcome by what's happening in our world. There's an article out today. It's in a number of news uh, organizations reporting, both online and in print, actually. The uh, relatives of freed Israeli hostages and an official from Israel's health ministry told a uh, parliamentary group uh, committee at the Knesset this morning in Israel that Hamas dragged the hostages with uh, drugged the hostages with tranquilizer pills before they're released to them to make them seem happy and relaxed. (laughs) Yeah, the Times of Israel is actually reporting this this morning. Here's what the Times of Israel has to say. A health ministry representative tells the Knesset uh, Health Committee that the hostages freed from Hamas captivity were given tranquilizer pills before being handed over to the Red Cross for transfer to Israel. The drugging would have aimed to make the hostages appear calm, happy, and upbeat after suffering physical abuse, deprivation, psychological terror for more than 50 days in Gaza. This Dr. Hagar Masarai. I think that's the way you pronounce his name. He's head of the health ministry's uh, medical division and specifically names uh, a certain drug known as Clonex in Israel and sold under the brand names of Colonapin and Rivetril or something. I, I don't know how to pronounce those words. Anyway, the drug is used to prevent and, and treat anxiety disorders, seizure, seizures, bipolar, agitation associated with psychosis and obsessive compulsive disorder. So they drugged these people up and they seemed happy. Families of hostages speaking earlier to the committee were the first to raise the issue. They said, boy, something is very wrong. And they looked into it and they found in their bloodstream these various pills that they'd given them. Moss made propaganda films of the hostages while they were drugged up. And the hostages are on the video is telling Hamas video 
the photographers how much that how well they were treated. These claims, they say, were circulated through the Muslim world and were evidently treated as credible by many people. And now news organizations around the world are repeating that the hostages are coming and they're showing the videos to back it up, that the hostages are coming out of hostage with by Hamas. And they're very happy about it and said they were treated very well. That's the deceptive world we live in today. We've seen the missiles flying toward Israel since October 7th, and we've seen the resulting carnage of that. But the press has moved on now. They're not wanting to talk about that. They want to focus on, look at the tragedy of the Palestinians. Look at the tragedy in Gaza. Israel, who was attacked and killed hundreds and hundreds of Israelis, unprovoked, has now become the oppressor again. Senior Hamas official is vowing, quote, I'm quoting his words, a war of liberation surpassing the unprecedented October 7 terror attacks is coming soon. And yet the left is on is on the media shrieking that Israel is killing these people and look at the carnage and they run the pictures just endlessly. And ABC and, and CBS, they, they put in a little you know, a a little bit of support for Israel from time to time, but they're running the pictures and they're giving the impression to the people. They don't want to say it out loud. Some are dumb enough to say it out loud. One politician in particular, I'll get to her in a moment. She, (laughs) She lives very close to some of you. But this senior, senior Hamas official, he says, we're coming again. And he said, we're coming very soon, while expressing no regret over the U.S.-designated terrorist group's brutal massacre in Israel, the deadliest against Jewish people since the Nazi Holocaust, that saw torture, rape, execution, immolation, and abduction of hundreds of Israelis of all ages, mostly civilians, and dozens of Americans. They're saying, we're about to do it again. One of Washington State's congresswomen is criticizing Israel for fighting for their life, and she's doing it on television. The irony is that December 7th is the first day of Hanukkah this year. That's the day after tomorrow. It's a time when Israel celebrates God's provision in extending the oil in their lamps as another enemy tried to eliminate them from the face of the earth. Does that sound familiar? Well, it does. A Moss political bureau officer, this Osama Hamdan, he told an Arabic television station in, in Lebanon last Wednesday that a war of liberation is coming that will dwarf the terror attack on October 7th. He added that Hamas had no regrets about the attack. Of course, he lives safely in Qatar or somewhere. I forget where they are. They're in one of the, maybe it's Saudi Arabia. They're living, you know, like like in the Ritz-Carlton or something, in one of these cities removed from all this war, but they're running the war. There's about five or six of these guys that run Hamas. And this guy's one of them. In the Middle East, the Middle East uh, Media Research Institute, uh, the, their acronym is M-E-M-R-I, Memory um, you should check that out if you're not familiar with it, because they take all of this stuff that's in you know Hebrew and all that, and they translate it, 
into into English for the English speaking world. And uh, just the interview, they don't. I haven't seen them, you know, uh, talking about it or doing any commentary on the news. They just do it and put it out there. But it's M E M R Y. You can Google it and find it. And um, they translate these interviews. Well, in this one interview I checked out uh, that they translated to English, uh, Hamas political official is Ghazi Hamad. He says that uh, attacks on Israel civilians are justified. He said that the cost in terms of Palestinian martyrs is worth the ultimate goal of ending Israel. Ending Israel. His words. And that Hamas will continue to mount such attacks. He said, everything we do is justified. That is, that's a line from progressivism. That's what they say. And that's how they act. Everything they do is justified by the noble end that they're trying to achieve, whatever that is. In this case, with these guys, it's getting rid of Israel. It's wiping Israel off the face of the, of the earth. And they, he said, everything we do is justified. And that's a justification for it because their end, which is to annihilate Israel, justifies any means to achieve that. There's evidence that some residents of Gaza are starting to turn against Hamas now. They're the ones that elected, does this sound familiar? The people in Gaza, the Palestinians, are elected back a while ago, Hamas, to kind of be the government of of Gaza. It was their choice. Was the election rigged? Probably, but that's the way it turned out. Does that sound familiar? I don't know why people vote for some of the people they vote for, but they do. We have that same ailment here in America. But these criticisms are now being suppressed by Arabic language media, including the widely viewed Al Jazeera, and Al Jazeera is all over the place. It's here. I know it's on DirecTV, and I think it's on Dish, and uh, most most of the providers. Of, I don't know about Comcast, but but um, it's all over the place here. And a lot of people, uh, Al Jazeera, they watch that that channel, and it's it's coming from the Middle East. It's owned, I think, by the people who run Qatar, the head of the, of government in Qatar. But the people in Gaza are turning against Hamas. And many in the West are not, including Washington State's own representative, Parmila Jayapal, a Democrat from Washington. I mean, boy, I'll tell you, how, how she gets to where she is is beyond me. She lives in, 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 in America. She, she and others like her have ruined Seattle with their philosophies. Jason Rance is a local Seattle talk show host, he doesn't claim to be a Christian or anything, but he said one of the loudest anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli voices in the House, Congressman Pramila Jayapal, uh, a Democrat from Seattle, is under fire for defending Hamas on CNN. When asked to condemn Hamas terrorists raping Israeli women, Jayapal dismissed the question in order to condemn Israel instead. She argued that we must be balanced in our condemnation of rape. Balanced? In condemning rape? That caught my attention. Where was she when when all of these other things were happening and people and women were coming out 
and and say when they attack Brett Kavanaugh when he was during the hearings for him to be seated on the Supreme Court. This woman comes out with 30 or 40 years ago. She's blaming Kavanaugh for trying to have sex with her or whatever. And these women were just raging. And now all of a sudden Hamas is actually assaulting these women, raping them to where a number of women have had their pelvis broken from being raped repeatedly. I know that's gruesome, but it's true. And she's standing up saying, well, these are her words. We need to be balanced in condemning rape. What about the Me Too movement and all this stuff that these guys have been putting on the culture? It's very selective, isn't it? The left is always selective in what they believe. And it's always relative. It's always changing. They have no fixed beliefs except whatever it is that they want to achieve at any given time. On CNN State of the Union, this host, this Dana Bash, she asked this, which some some people refer to Jayapal as the squad grandmother. She asked her about the ongoing war against Hamas by Israel. Jayapal made a number of eyebrow-raising assertions and observations. She repeatedly accused Israel of indiscriminately targeting civilians and committing war crimes. She downplayed Hamas using civilians as shields and even questioning the well-established fact that Hamas ended the ceasefire. They're the ones that broke the deal, started firing again. Instead, though, she's arguing that Israel must indefinitely stop defending itself against Hamas. But it was Jayapal's disgusting comments about Hamas raping women that earned the ire and the pushback of voices all across America. And I was pleasantly surprised. A lot of Democrats came out and said, wait a minute, that that's, that's going too far. That's a bridge too far. We don't agree with you. And these were Democrats, leftists. Bash noted that the progressives who typically, typically condemn violence against women had been downright silent in condemning Hamas for committing sexual violence against Israel, the women, on October 7th. J. Powell said she didn't know if that's true, because we always talk about the impact of war on women in particular. As an example, she didn't quote any progressive condemning Hamas, but instead she said, I remember 20 years ago, I did a petition around the war in Iraq. What does that have to do with anything? If she remembers 20 years, why can't she remember yesterday? That's the problem with these people. And some Christians elect these people. And I can't figure out why. If I if I were in charge, no. Claiming she condemned Hamas raping Israeli women, she immediately went back to attacking Israel. And to their credit, to their credit, CNN called her out on it. They said, wait a minute, we're not talking about Israel attacking anybody. We're talking about Hamas. She would even go there. She said, well, she said, uh, they're a strong ally of ours, Israel. 
Jayapal said, and if they do not comply with international humanitarian law, then they're bringing themselves to a place that makes it much more difficult strategically for them to be able to build the kinds of allies to keep public opinion with them. And frankly, morally, we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That's not what international humanitarian law says. CNN kept bringing her back to the original question. There's a lot more to that story, but you get the cadence and the content of what was going on on television, and that reflected the feelings of a lot of people. There were people posting on uh, social media, and I mean, they were agreeing with this. In fact, Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, I mean, she's Jewish, and she was once the head of the Democratic Party. I mean, she's as far left as you can go, and she was posting on X, formerly Twitter, she said, Hamas terrorists raped Israeli women and girls. The only balanced approach is to condemn sexual violence loudly, forcefully, and without exceptions. She said, outrageous for anyone to both sides sexual violence. She's one of them. She's as far left as anybody, any Democrat in Congress. And she was calling out Seattle's own, Pramila Jayapil. Sad. What is Hanukkah? <laughs> Why do people hate the Jews? They always have. They've always tried to extinguish them. Hanukkah is a Hebrew word for dedication, also known as the Festival of Lights. Hanukkah is an eight-day Jewish holiday. It celebrates the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem and what happened in the second century B.C. Let me give you a little background in the last couple of minutes here. Hanukkah is tied to a time when Israel was struggling for existence. In 167 BC, Israel was under the rule of Antiochus Epiphanes. That's in Greek, that word means God manifests. So this guy thought he was a god. Antiochus thought he was God. Many of them do. Some who are not called named Antiochus also believe they are God. But anyway. He was known for his cruelty and his delusions and wanted to be deity or thought he was deity. His enemies used to mock him and they called him Antiochus Epiphanes, which is means madman. And it was a play on words. And among many of the atrocities he committed to Hellenize Israel, they wanted to make them like the Greeks. Antiochus desecrated the temple in Jerusalem, dedicated it to the Greek gods, even sacrificed a pig on the altar. The apocryphal books of 1st and 2nd Maccabees, now these are not the inspired word of God, this is historic, but it's pretty accurate historic. 1st and 2nd Maccabees describes Israel's plight under Antiochus' mad rule, as well as the successful revolt against Antiochus. That was led by the Maccabees, a Jewish family of, of priests. After winning their freedom, the Jewish people rededicated the temple, and according to their tradition, and the and the account that when the temple was rededicated, there was only enough pure olive oil to light the temple menorah for one day. But as the story goes, the oil miraculously lasted eight days, long enough to purify more oil. The takeaway is that in remembrance of God's provision, the Jewish people light the candles on the nine day on the nine candle menorah using the one, the Shemash, uh, to light the others. They read from Scripture, Psalms 113, 118, Numbers 7, verses 1, and chapter 8, verses 4, 
Hanukkah is a testament to God's faithfulness to the Jewish people and to all who serve him. There's more, but you get the tone. And that's where we are in history today as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.